Um, well, we'll just jump in. Um, yeah. So could you just maybe tell the audience or just tell folks like what music Fi is and then like just kind of the backstory on how you, I don't know, launched it or got into it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so music Fi is essentially uh, a platform that helps create AI music and it's like an AI assistant in a way for music creators. Uh, the, the way that most people would know about us is from like the AI covers you probably have seen on the internet, like AI Drake, AI Kanye, uh, that really big song that came out a long time ago was like one of our early, early users that we gave beta access to our platform. And he ended up releasing this really big song that kind of just destroyed like everyone's perception of music and music creation in the future. Um, so it was pretty cool. Uh, fast forward to today, uh, we launched around like seven or eight months ago in April, um, so it's getting close to like our first year. Uh, it's gone. It's gone by really quickly. I remember in the first three months we went from zero to a million users, which was really crazy. Uh, now we're doing like over a couple of million dollars in ARR. Uh, we are bootstrapped. We only we we ended up taking two checks later on. Um, we've always been profitable. The only reason we took two checks were uh, one of our investors is Founders Inc., which is like one of the people are the, the people that have been backing me since way before this. And I wanted them to be a part of it. And, and then uh, just lately, we just got a check from the founder of Beat Saber. Uh, they sold to to Facebook for $2 billion. And they're really cool in the audio audio space for building games and music tools. So we wanted to have them in our corner. But other than that, it's been pretty great. Like we've just been focused on building a really good product that allows people to convert their voice into other people's voice. And then at the same time, building like text to, text to music tools and text to audio tools. And we, we recently just launched a feature that allows people to just hum any rhythm and convert it into an instrument. That went really viral on Twitter, which was cool. I saw that. Uh, that video was so cool. Like that dude just humming those those tunes. Yeah, it was actually, it was, uh, that video was like two months old. And I was like, oh, like this, this guy made a YouTube video about us, which was like 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh, this, this part of the video is really cool because he, shows off this feature so I was like I'll just screen record it and tweet it out tomorrow and I went to sleep and I put it on like my type fully to tweet out at 10 a.m by the time I woke up I had like 2,000 likes I'm like okay it's pretty cool but yeah the the thing I'm interested in is like um is your team structure now because I listened to one of those earlier episodes you did uh with the Founders Inc team and um and at the time you were only two people uh, it, it seemed, and you talked about being bootstrapped and now having raised a bit, and also your your past a million users. Like, there's lots of people leveraging your tech, yeah. and it worked for a million users. Just the two of you bootstrapped. Yeah. So, do you need a lot of engineering support on it? And if so, like, where do you allocate those resources? Yeah. So, I, I mean, we raised a little bit of money. Uh, like, we only took two two one hundred k checks, so two hundred k. But other than that, we are, we're also profitable. We make over 100K a month. Um, so even at the beginning, we could have hired. But the reason we didn't hire was we, we, we wanted to purely focus on first, like, okay, how, how are we going to, like, if we are going to hire, if we are going to spend money, like, what's the best way to do it? We were just saving up to have, like, a buffer, like, in case, like, okay, like, next month, let's say we just stop making revenue. I want to I be able to, like, cover us for, like, a, a couple months. So we did that, and we are like, okay, uh, we'll, we got these two checks in. Uh, we've, we've brought on two other people part-time. We still haven't found a need to bring on anyone full-time yet, just because uh, the way we, we've been operating as a team is like doing one or two weekly syncs and like we'll have contractors that will work on specific tasks. I, ha I handle like a lot of the distribution stuff. Like for example, marketing wise, we have a bunch of marketing stuff. We have 
4,000 people that run affiliate marketing for us, which is a lot of people. So it's like, you have to do a lot of management around that. So I have like this one 16 year old kid that I hired and I pay him $500 a week. And the, this one kid manages it all. Um, so it's like, we were really stingy. And that, that I think that comes from like, even from when I was younger, I never wanted to, I never had a lot of money to spend on companies. So like going to the startup world, every startup is spending like 10 to 20 to 30, 40, $50,000 a month. Um, and I was, and, and that's crazy money to me, right? Even spending $5,000 a month uh, when I was younger, or like for anything, for a startup especially, was a lot of money for a business. So we tried to keep that on the low end. So right now, the only full-time people are me and my co-founder. And then we have two contractors that we pay for engineering stuff which are doing pretty much part-time. We'll probably bring them on full-time as we need them more and more, which is going to progress over the next couple of months because we have bigger and bigger plans. Uh, but other than that, we've just been spending a lot of time in, in this kind of like, uh, if we need stuff, we'll kind of just contract it out as we need. Like it's serverless engineering in, in a sense, right? Bring on more if I need it. And if I don't, then it's useless. That's like the future too. I feel like just having a couple founders and then contracting this stuff out, being bootstrapped or maybe taking... A little bit of angel cash i feel like that's the future yeah. of I, I think like if you're resourceful you can kind of get away with without having to spend like these huge salaries and bonuses on people that you don't need and like that's the way i think about it i think i'm really resourceful with what i have and that's why i've gotten here and i i want to remain resourceful i don't want to just start spending a lot of money no no that's a dude i've gone down that road it's not a good road to go down so yeah I think that, then you go raise and just burn money and i'm like dude i want to stay profitable and at the same yeah. time just like bring on slowly that's the way to do it um and then i i think i'm in the music fight discord and i noticed that you're using uh or you're um leveraging people or kind of gamifying them to post on tiktok and then maybe paying them to post on TikTok? Has that strategy panned out? Yeah, I mean, I think we've grossed over like like half half a billion views on TikTok now. Jesus. Just, yeah, just like hashtag music by. Um, like we get like video, we have like seven accounts right now that we pay, we pay like these kids like $200 each uh, every month, $200 a month. And these kids will go gross like 10, 20 million views a month, just each account. And we've like seven or eight of them at a time that we are on our payroll. That's just specifically like people that we're guaranteeing money at the end of the month. But yeah. then we also have an affiliate program, which anyone can sign up for, uh, which which allows anyone to, if, if they're posting AI Drake content, now they have an incentive. Like, okay, if I post this content and I refer them to this platform, I'm going to make some money. So we have a bunch of like affiliates that also promote our platform. So we have a, we have a lot of affiliates. Like that's that's how we get a lot of traction. Uh, TikTok has definitely been like how we've been put onto the map. I I never even did any Twitter marketing or any of that sort because I never like Twitter 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 demos are cool for like more technical like products that are more interesting to like a like I I wouldn't say music audience music audience is more focused on TikTok and all that platform. So I focused a lot on TikTok and we did a lot of what like if you know Tabs like the the sex chocolate brand by Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he had a great interview with Brett, which was like, um, on his podcast. And I basically watched that and I was like, yeah, this guy's right. Uh, if you just leverage the power of all these UGC creators and kind of give them incentives to post your product, it's much more influential and it helps you grow quicker than you actually spending dollars on ads and stuff like that. So that's what we did from the beginning. We spent $0 on ads till this day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, I definitely see the similarities with the tabs, uh, strategy. Are you, people always want to know about like the tech stack, 
Um, and are you using anything interesting for the affiliate stuff? Is there a specific yeah. tool that you're using? There, or is you build company, it there is this one company that I've been recommending to like everyone. It's called Tolt, T-O-L-T dot I-O. Uh, there are these two dudes, Daniel and I forgot the other co-founder's name, but they built this really sick uh, affiliate program. It's a Stripe Atlas partner. So you can, they partner with Stripe as well. It's literally one integration. So like anytime someone comes to our site and uh, they're referred from like a referral link, like we'll be able, they'll be able to track that. They get their own dashboard and they get to see everything. It's pretty useful. It's it's a really good site, um, a really good tool. So told it's brought in over a hundred thousand dollars of, of revenue just from affiliates. Um, yeah. There's, there's like one dude, this one affiliate dude, that brought it brought in us like 45k just just revenue which is pretty pretty crazy so it's like it's really useful in that sense yeah because people are doing crazy stuff with your tech i was watching uh some some really fun demos of like people who are actual musicians who are then leveraging music fi and and showing them recordings they're like really good vocals live and then um and then changing up their 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 tone and stuff like that through your tech and yeah. when you see it, when you see it done in like 4K by somebody who's good, uh, that's going to rack up some views and that's going to be beneficial for you. Exactly. And that was going to be kind of like the, the next thing I'm interested in um, about your business is kind of the, the not necessarily a pivot, but kind of like going after a, a slightly more mature audience when it comes to music uh, literacy. So you talked about going after producers as opposed to just people who are like, messing around uh, trying to create the next fun AI Drake uh, snippet, but actually, you know, working with uh, talented producers who are trying to be at the, the front of it all in terms of what's happening in music. Yeah. So I, I think this, this, this stems down to like a couple of things. One is like, I'm a big believer that people are only going to pay for a product if it's actually useful in like actually useful to their life. Right. It's not specifically only cool, but it's useful. And what, what I mean by that is like, it's cool for someone to be able to change their voice to Drake and, and Kanye and stuff like that, just for fun. Like I'll do that on the weekend. And like, if you're a producer, you can do that on the weekend, whatever. But a lot of these guys are spending a lot of their time just making literal music. How do you actually help them in something that they actually do? Um, because if you can help someone do something that they do every day, that means they're going to become a recurring user. And those are the people that are usually going to pay you the most because it's useful to them the most. Um, and like, there was this one, uh, so I've, Furkan is a really good mentor of mine. And I remember one time I asked him like, what, what makes a product like great and what makes a product like, okay. And what makes a product good. And he, he told me the saying it's, um, the way he said it was, uh, if, if I have an okay product and I give it to someone and I take it back, they don't, they don't complain. Um, but if I have a, a good product and I give it to someone and I take it back, then they'll, they'll ask for it back. But if I have a great product and I give it to someone and I take it back, they're going to fight for me to have it back. And the analogy I would use today is like, for example, someone who relies on ChatGPT today, um, if you try to take it back from them, like, for example, I'm a, I'm a dev, I write code. If you try to take that back from me, like, I'm going to be so complaining so much, but in the hands of someone that it's not useful for, it's, it's not as useful, right? Like, they don't really care. Um, so using that same analogy, we're like, okay, which, which like user type is this going to be most useful for? And we realized it would be musicians that are trying to make music. And if we can build a tool that is focused around them, um, like these long-term users that are actually just going to continue making music, we can probably charge them more money. Uh, they'll be around for a lot longer. And we're betting on these people because we know they have like retention, like based off of the metrics that we're looking at, they have much higher retention than the people that were coming on 
for one day or two days to just mess around because it's the new AI product on the block. That's it. Um, so that's the the reason we took that bet and, and just paid off, I think. That's cool. I like that quote from your mentor. That's like it's such a good way to think about product. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you and I had a conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago. You mentioned you were thinking about moving into the video game space. Is that yeah. right? So that that's why we brought on um uh Jaroslav, who's the who's the founder of Beat Saber, who sold their company. So like my my big vision with this is like I don't really think you can build a billion dollar company in the music tool space. Like it's a very small time actually. Like even music as a whole is like really small. It's like a twenty five billion dollar market. And, and most of that money is actually in publishing music, which is which makes sense, publishing and labels and all. Um, there's not a lot in like the software side of it. So I don't think you can make a billion dollar company in the music space right now, unless you do two things. One is like you actually expand the market, like the same way Midjourney came into art and was like, okay, anyone can now make art. You kind of have to do that with music. And the thing with music is it, it's a lot harder to get right because making music is actually a lot harder than just generating an image. Um, so that's that's one part of it. The second part of it, there needs to be a lot more easier ways to actually like make music, which there aren't right now. So that's why we're building out like these voice to instrument features for more people to get even interested in music, right? Um, the way you can build a billion dollar company and like the music, like this type of, with this type of tools, like you solve audio problems, audio problems across different industries. So music could, is used in everything, but not like if, if we focus purely on music in the music space, like that's okay. But how, how can we solve audio problems in gaming, whether that be, soundtracks and games like generating them but also like audio clips and sound effects in games and voice characters and and all those in different game that game assets so i i think that you can build a lot more out in that that field and you can leverage the tech that we have right now and and kind of just focus it in a different way you can make a lot more money just because these guys have much bigger pockets the gaming space is like a 250 billion dollar space well music is only 25 billion it's literally 10 times bigger and they're ready to write checks if if things help automate stuff for them. And for example, we were just talking to a gaming company the other day, they're called sale VR. And uh, they had like, they spent like $50,000 just on like sound, sound design for their VR game. And they have no characters speaking. And I was like, Hey, why don't you guys have any characters talking or dialogue? And they were like, Oh, it was, it was too expensive for us to go hire like a whole voice acting crew to kind of just do all this. And we're like, yo, dude, imagine if we just built a tool for you where you could sound like a pirate and you can have like 10 different characters you can pick from and you can just do this tomorrow, like, and on the fly. And they were like, dude, we would love that. So it's like, there's a lot of audio problems that aren't being solved yet in the gaming space that I think are really interesting uh, that I want to solve. So that's like kind of where we're heading to next. And we brought on Jaroslav because he, ha he has a bunch of deep roots with a lot of the gaming studios. So um, that's great. Yeah, the, it's crazy how much bigger gaming is uh, than like everything else and like getting and only getting bigger right it's like swallowing up everything uh so would you are you thinking maybe uh would that be like an api product or would it be a product that they might use and actually interact with the interface yeah i think it'd be like an interface type product um right now we're like in the early stages of it we actually got it live yesterday for the first time so like right now it's literally uh, it's two features one is voice to voice which we have on our site but with like a bunch of characters. So like now you can kind of mess around and convert your boys into any like League of Legends or like Apex Legends characters, which is like some game characters. And then also we have text to audio, which is not text to music. Text to music is like generate music. Text to audio is literally generate like sound effects in games. 
uh, a man's footsteps while uh, he has chains on his back or uh, lightning while it's raining. Like these sound effects are actually created by sound agencies. Uh, imagine you can just generate them on the fly with text as well. So building up those, both of those features right now in a nice interface for like indie devs and like uh, these sound agencies and game studios to use. But we're kind of doing a pilot right now until end of December. And then after December, we'll know a lot more, but maybe like a Unity plugin and interface at the same time. Is that is that voice crafter AI or are you talking about something different now? So it's gonna be like right now, voice crafter AI is like the landing page, but I haven't worked on it. Like we're still working on we so we have it under a Vercel deployment link right now, which I can't mm -hmm. say now. But yeah, it's gonna be under voice crafter AI once you have everything launched. Okay. And that's it's gonna, gonna be, be under MusicFi. Yeah. Okay, under MusicFi. Yeah, under MusicFi, but it won't look like it's music live. and the the reason for that is like branding yeah 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 makes sense yeah. i, I want to know a little bit more about about like the um the competitors in the space because there are competitors to music and then and then the voice crafter ai so like sound effects there's there's also competitors there you see tools that enable you to create like um it's almost like shutterstock for music yeah and um and so, you, you you know, if you go on Product Hunt, you might see a few of those types of solutions, but um, you're doing it at a really high level now. And you're, you know, you've, you've managed to capture a lot of the market share on the music generation side of things. Um, and now you're going after that market too. So who's going to win in those markets? Is it going to be the person with the best technology? And what does that look like? Is it creating your own models or is it leveraging existing models in a better way? Or is it something completely different? Is it like speed to market or another approach? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I think right now, like a lot of AI companies don't really have a technical mode, unless you're like open AI or like these, like, um, like big language model training companies. Like if you're that, then you probably have a technical mode. But even then, like the open source community is still like shipping crazy stuff every week. Um, I think I'm a big believer in if you have distribution right now, you can sell anything. Uh, and if you can get to market and, and conquer a market quickly, you can build like that first level of moat. And then it's like the second level of moat you build is from like the feedback that you get from your users and like, okay, these are what our users are using for our product for. How do we build feature sets that allow them to keep using the product and continuously continue building on top of our product? So with the example that you used of like, um, what was, what was your ex exact question? Sorry. It, it was like... Um when you have existing players that do shutterstock for uh you know sound effects and you're going but powered by ai and yeah. you're going to now encroach into their space um how are you going to win uh, against them yeah so our plan isn't to just build like shutterstock in terms of like text to audio or text to music so we want to literally build text to audio tools with voice to voice tools and we want to go hand to hand combat with like a lot of these game studios and sound agencies and the way we're thinking about it is like a lot of these like Shutterstock tools right now have really low frequency and low resolution generations. So what we're doing is we spent a lot of time looking at like open source models. Recently, two days ago, Facebook released this model called Audio Box, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but it's literally a really crazy high definition text to audio model. So we're taking a lot of their machine learning learnings and as well as like their architecture and kind of like figuring out how we can make this faster and better and and work at scale and we're launching these tools to these agencies and to these startups. And that's kind of how we're going about it. But for, for Musicify, it's kind of different. Like there's a lot of competitors that are really going down the angle of like 
okay, we're going to build like this parody tool that anyone can convert their voice to Drake and Kanye and stuff like that. And we did that at the beginning. Like the first three weeks, we were like, hey, come convert your, convert your voice to Drake. Like it was all over our site. And that's how we grew. And we realized like you can only grow early on with controversy. So you have to get like both the people that like you and the people that don't like you to talk about you because it creates double the noise. But then three weeks later, we got a cease and assist letter from Sony, Warner, and Universal, like all three of them at the same time. It's it's actually framed upstairs in my in my room. That's, and, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, you know, people are paying attention. Uh, but the way we've thought about it since then is like, okay, like a lot of these players are like, first of all, the music space is notorious for killing like startups and killing companies that try to innovate on what they have and uh, pretty much take money out of like the publishing or labels. So we, we were like, okay, if we're going to play this game, we got to, on the music side of stuff, we got to like kind of play by the rules and kind of help them. And and there's money to be made in that side as well. That's why you focused really hard on producers. And 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 we realized those types of users were going to stay around longer. So I, I'm betting on our on play our play on that. I think like, for, for the example, if, if like, the the idea of like okay if someone's using drake's drake's voice to make music and and now they're earning money from it and that's legal then in every scenario where any text any model that generates any output like for example if, if images on dolly are generating generating paintings in the style of van gogh and people are claiming them claiming them as their own paintings and then selling them and making money like all these cases go against like the the, the end user and the end producer so because of that we betted on like producers and musicians so it sounds like obviously distribution so the technical mode you're totally right like open ai like they have a they have a technical mode like it's going to be hard to compete with that unless you have insane compute and resources and stuff so it's like to me the way i thought about moat is more like user experience and it sounds like that's kind of what you're focused on like how do we use this feature set and really just provide like super high quality user experience for these producers Exactly. Yeah, we, we've built a lot on top of like what we had at the beginning. And like, we've had a lot of users ask for like VSTs, which are like plugins for like their music tools. And we're building those out. And like, it, it, it's just like, how how much can we get interflowed into like their flow of creating music? Like when they think of making music, they kind of come to our tool or like whatever tool they're using, we're like in unison with that. So that's like our goal. And then when it comes to distribution, you said like, if you have distribution right now, you can sell anything. What would you say is like the most important distribution channel for founders today or for you guys? Is it is it social? Is it TikTok? Like what what is that? I think I I mean social is the only like way of I mean the other thing other than social is like going outside and holding up a sign, right? It's like you yeah. can't really do much with a sign, but on social you can do so much. Um I would say TikTok is great to get like early distribution. The reason I would say only early distribution is because if you're bringing in like a hundred thousand people from TikTok, a lot of that is like not very focused traffic because but it's gonna build your brand identity. People will know who you are, but like a hundred thousand random people that were just scrolling on their phone and came across this AI music tool are gonna come check it out. But most of those most of the time, like it's gonna have lower conversion rates and they're not gonna be the perfect customer. Like we got really high perfect customers from YouTube videos, people that made like 10, 20 minute long YouTube videos on, hey, how to use this music tool to make AI music or the best AI music tool. Like those types of videos, someone's actually looking up like that tool or like it's actually being recommended to them and they're clicking on a long form piece of content. So uh, short form content with long form content, uh, a mixture of both is great. Like if you, have, if you, can, if you can nail both, um, you can kind of do really well right now. Yeah, the YouTube stuff, I feel like it's super, super important. I've done some 
of that where you basically get an influencer or someone like who's making dope content and then like have them check out your thing and actually do a uh you know a long form piece are you partnering with youtubers that you know or are you partnering with youtubers that you don't know or are they coming to you like what does that relationship look like um so we've only partnered with one youtuber one or two like people come in and hit us up like hey we're making a video but for the most part all the videos that you see now are just people that are affiliates like they'll sign up for our affiliate program and be like okay i have a music youtube channel like i can make a lot of money from this if i promote it that's the guy who made us 50k he's a youtuber that made a video video about us and and made him made us 50k and made himself some money as well that's sick yeah, yeah. <clears throat> are you are you making um are you making some some friends in the music space like you you, you know I, I saw in one pod you talked about um some really cool producers using your tech and um and it was like a it's about a Don Tolliver song and the, you know the, the, it seems like there's some exciting stuff happening on your on your end like from a personal side of things because you're just getting hit up by um amazing artists so are you making new friends in in the uh in the music space yeah, we've had a lot of really cool and interesting people hit us up. Uh, we've had to sign NDAs because a couple of them don't want their audiences knowing that they're using an AI tool to make music uh, because people are still, like, it's 50-50. Like, some people are like, oh, it's taking the soul out of music. Well, the top level people are like, okay, like, I got to get onto this tool right now because if I do, then I'll be ahead of everyone. And that's how I've stayed ahead of everyone in the past. It's just, like, quickly adapting to new trends. Um uh, we, we I've been hanging out with Lewis Bell, who's like the biggest producer of all time. He's really sick. He's like Post Malone's producer. Um, yeah. We've been hanging out with some really cool people. Uh, I remember I, I I met this one Ian Ian Dior. Um, I met him and I didn't know who he was because I don't really listen. I saw my background. I don't have any background in music. I don't know anyone in music. I don't even. I've never even been to a concert. So when they were meeting me, they're like. Yo, this this kid like knows nothing about the music space and so it's really cool to them because like everyone usually they meet is like someone that's like oh you're so cool give me an autograph or like dude like i love your music and like i'm like i don't even know who you are bro like i'm glad you you like our tool and stuff like that but that's it it's been pretty fun though I met some really cool yeah. people yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah, yeah and and it'd be cool to maybe <clears throat> Because I mean, I know you talked about this space, uh, the music software space, not necessarily being big enough, but you do kind of play into that. And I wonder if there's some interesting insights you can draw from um, spending a day in the studio with a, a good producer who's using, I don't know what they're using, but you know, it could be Ableton or it could be lots of different solutions. And you're just like seeing these things that, because you don't come from that background, you know, all the... Uh, the magic that they can work on these computers and then taking in those insights for, for music five. Yeah. I mean, the first time I saw someone like make a song in front of me, I was like, dude, this is probably like the way people think when they see me write code. Like it was literally the, I was like, this is probably the exact same. Cause when I write code, no one understands what's going on. If like they're my friends, but when these guys were making music, I also didn't understand anything that was going on. Um, but they, it's really cool. Like they, they remind me of like engineers in their own sense of like these guys are taking things on a computer and like dropping, dragging and dropping and literally making some, some sort of audio that sounds good, which is really cool. And Louis Bell is like the perfect example of that. He's literally like the eight time Grammy winning producer. And he'd made a song in front of me in like five or six minutes. And I was like, mind, I was like, how, how can a human do that? Um, it's pretty cool. Um, I would say, and by the way, you asked a question of like, if there, if there's any cool people 
that I've met, I actually did remember two people. So over the over the experience of building this thing, I've met two really cool people in the space. One is Richard Richard Sanders. Uh, so he's the he was the CEO of Tidal, uh, which was like a huge music streaming platform. And then um, he's super quiet on socials. You wouldn't you can't really find stuff about him. And then he also ran um, Richard Branson's label. He had a music label, so he's a really cool guy. Uh, so we're talking to them, and then also this other really go- cool guy, which his name is Willard. He's the founder of Cobalt Music, which is the biggest like music publishing um, group. He's not the chairman. He just sold his share for like two point six billion dollars, uh, and now he's become like text like t- I message buddies with me. Like he sent me a text the other day. He was like, "I'm in I'm in Turks and Caicos," and he's like partying. It's like this fifty oh, yeah. dude, he's like, living life, bro. Like, why are you not here? Um, so like, and he's a he's a really good guy. He he told his one piece of advice. And we have calls weekly now because he he realized like, uh, I remind him of me or he reminds yeah i remind him of me when he was younger and uh he was like yo like when i was younger like i came to space and i also didn't know a lot about music and because of that it was helpful because i usually like people in the music space don't want to break the rules because they know there's a lot of repercussions but because i didn't even know they there were rules i just went and broke everything Uh, and he was really like that attitude and uh he he told me uh like there's a lot of CNCs in the music space and CNC stands for uh, crooks and clowns. So you have to be very careful. Um, but yeah, he's a very good friend of mine now. So it's really cool to have that guy in the corner as well. That's sick. Yeah, that <clears throat> super cool. And I was going to ask a little bit about, uh, or if you knew anything about the Grimes AI project, because uh, that's been pretty mm. topical in the world of AI music. Um, we actually had one of our guests, um, Stacy who was a part of Build Space and uh, she had spilled, she had built a AI girlfriend's uh, website. And, uh, and through her and our conversations, we talked about AI companionship and we ended up talking about AI music and the topic of Grimes's uh, uh, project came up. And so I, I've been kind of looking around for updates on the internet, but I haven't found so much. Uh, maybe it is out there, but uh, are you, yeah, are you seeing anything cool come out of uh, of Grimes's, uh, you know, very smart mind when it comes to AI and music? I mean, I, I've met Grimes like once or twice now, just because she's she's came to our office actually, Founders Inc. Um, I haven't really seen any progression since like the main thing she did was like she open sourced her uh, weights for her vocal model, like her RVC vocal model, yeah. and people were like, oh, this is really great, and it was really cool. It was really cool to see an artist that was like, okay, feel free to make music with my platform and then uh now it's like a lot about control which is like okay publish it through this platform and then you have to now pay and like the, she's made a bunch of like she's pretty much made a whole platform for anyone to just convert their voice into her voice i'm not sure how they're they're doing because i can't really look into their metrics but since i haven't heard a lot actually about them at all like other than from grimes herself um, i haven't heard other youtubers or content creators or anything uh talking about her so i'm not i'm assuming that they're doing okay or they're not doing too well, um, but they haven't they haven't done anything disruptive other than that first thing, which was like I'm open sourcing my my vo- yeah. voice. Is the platform even available to use? Uh, I think it is. I think it's called Eternals or something like that, or something. Early on, we also had Grimes' voice on our platform too. We still have it today because she open sourced it. Like anyone can concur- convert her voice, um, but you have to publish a song if you make it through her platform so what we do now actually because we realize like we can't have like random people's voices on our platform because they'll want to have like rights to it and, and royalties 
So we did this thing called linear interpolation. So early on, we had like Drake and Kanye and all these different voices. Um, and we we're like, okay, we can't do that. We need voices that people can use and put them into actual songs. And like, like that's that that would be cool. So we took like 50 people and we we're like, hey, we'll give you guys like 100, 200, 300 each and give us five minutes of your like voice. And we're going to use this to train a model. And uh, with your permission, we're going to be able to like share with other people. And they were cool with this. So we got 50 people, got five minutes of each person's voice. Uh, and then for another level of security, because we we're like, okay, in case like someone's like, oh, this sounds really much like me and I want to get royalties for the song. We we're like, let's take it to another level of complexity. So we would take two voices of people, let's say like Jake and Alan, um, two different people, two different voices, and we'd mix them together. And the way we would do that is like, we would train two voices, two custom models, and we would take the weights and we would literally like mix match the weights, like 50% of the weights go here, 50% of the weights go here, creating a, a, a legit new voice. This, these voices don't exist now. Um, so on our site now, you see a bunch of names and a bunch of voices. None of those voices are actually real people. Mm -hmm. So because of that, people can now use that to go and go and record a song and, and use your voice and now put it into your own song, like music. Uh, it's really cool. It's because it's really cool because like female singers now can upload their voice and convert their voice into male singers and put that into the song and vice versa as well. It's been really cool to see that. It's like a whole sound bank. I grew up making music, right? With like Reason and like FL Studio and shit. Yeah. And so having a sound bank of like all these voices would be sick, right? And being able to like plop in lyrics and just have them do that. It sounds like to me, like you're creating like a next gen, like music platform <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. We're, we're, we're building what we can essentially. It's sick. Um, it So have you, you got a couple acquisition offers that you turned down? Yeah, early on, still, still to this day, I think like nine out of ten offers are, are to be honest, BS. So I don't really try to pursue them. Uh, I've only had one of my friends that's at my age that sold a company, which is Nico, and he's really cool. He's he's one of my really good friends. Um, but yeah, it's like he he also told me it's like most people are just all talk, uh, and like the numbers they were saying like a few million. I was like, oh, that's cool, but I, I want big numbers. And, yeah. And that, and then I'll talk if if anything. They're probably just trying to probe, you know. Yeah, nothing, nothing too interesting. Like I think five or seven was like the biggest, but it's just, I think I'm assuming everything is all talk, uh, and that's the way to think about it. Like if I'm going to sell it, I'm not going to sell it. Uh, I'm going to everything is on sale at the right price. That's the way I think about it. And if it's not the right price, then why think about like selling? I just continue. Yeah, I also think you know the people reaching out to you and 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 giving you offers for a couple million. They're in their heads, they're probably thinking, okay, this person's 19 years old, like it's life-changing money. Of course they would want to take it. And the 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 great thing is you're so mature at your age and you're you're thinking it's not really about that. It's about what is the business worth. And uh when we come to terms on that, then we can settle on an offer. So it's not you you're not you're not just like looking at the pot of gold. Um and getting excited by it on its own, you're thinking about uh your business and the actual worth of it. So yeah, where did that where did that level of maturity come from? Um, was it at an early age or like how, how did yeah, that come yeah. about? I think it's like um, I don't know. Maybe it came from stocks. Like this, I've been up since like five a.m. today, just like looking at the markets and trading. So that's like one of my hobbies. So like how I got into making money necessarily was like when I was younger, I started trading stocks and like had to learn about like selling stuff and buy. Like you make your money on the buy, or like you make your money on like your actual asset when you actually build it or when you actually buy it. For example, with real estate, it's the same thing. It's like your money is made at the beginning of the deal. 
Uh, so the, the way I've been thinking about like business in this sense is like, uh, never sell any, like there's a saying by Manny Koshpin, who's like one of my favorite people. He's like a big car collector. And he's, he said, uh, he's a big real estate guy. And he said, everything is on sale at the right price, except my wife and except his wife. And, and I was like, oh, this is really funny. So it's like, everything is on sale. Like even this house like that I live in is on sale if the numbers make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, like don't even think about it. And I, I do that with everything. So like if, if some, someone offers me a number that I, I can't turn down, I won't turn it down. But uh, if it's a number that makes me think twice then I don't really think about it. Uh, also like it, when people say like, okay, you, you, like it's gonna, it's life-changing money. I, I make like over a hundred K a month. Like I, I can do pretty much whatever a 19 year old wants to do at my age. So it's like, I'm not too worried. Your life really doesn't. So I realized like your life gets better from like, so I was making 5k a month to 10k. Like my life was like, oh, this is really great. But going from 10k to 50k a month, that's when your life is like, like you can pretty much do anything, but like 50k to 100k, like your life doesn't really change that much. Like 100k to 100k. The next big jump is like 100k to like 10 million, 20 million, but like I want to build something of that level and then sell it. Yeah, that's that's the really interesting thing about you being uh being bootstrapped, and because when you are making a hundred k a month and it's going to two people and a few contractors, uh, it it's going into your pocket. And versus like when you are um a business that's raised a lot of capital and you have a board and you have like this big infrastructure around you and a few employees if you are making hundred K a month, you're still making the same amount of money. It's like, wow, I've, I've generated that much income, yeah. but it doesn't really, it doesn't go to you and you got to reinvest it into uh, more resources, more team members. And, uh, and they just become numbers uh, on, on like a slide deck as opposed to like wealth that you've created for yourself. And so um my my last venture was a bootstrapped venture uh, like yourself. And so when I saw the money uh, every month hit my bank account, it was it was hitting my bank account. I didn't have employees or anything like that. So um, it must be a very yeah, it's 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 a cool feeling for you to to have that uh, go go straight to you. And uh, yeah, yeah. Ver versus other founders who who don't who experience maybe the same level of revenue, but it doesn't hit them in the same way. Yeah, I, I think another thing about me is like always, I've always been like more frugal than most. Like if I make like $100, I'll, I'll invest 95 of it just because I'll be like, okay, this 95 will be more in the future. And I do that with everything. Like my plan for this, uh, like my big purchase this year is going to be a house. I'm going to buy like my first house. And that's like a lot, like almost all my money. And like, I haven't bought anything else, like other, like anything nice, just because I don't think it's that interesting. And the only time I'll spend money on anything is experiences. So like when I go to Dubai and stuff like that, but I think that's worth it because the money, the fun that I have right now is worth a lot more than the fun that I'm going to have at 50. Like if I spend 5k right now and a trip to Dubai, it's going to be worth a lot more to me than in 50 years when I'm, I'm tired and not, I don't have enough energy and stuff like that. So hundred percent, dude, that reminds me of like, uh, before we hit record on the conversation, like talking about travel, it's like, you're going to remember those experiences for the rest of your life. And they are like priceless, right? Yeah. It's like why, you know, money comes and goes. It's like, so the cars and houses and all this stuff, but like, if you can go travel with your friends to, you know, some cool place, it's like, that's, that's, that's the goal. Right. It's, I, I love it. And every time we, we say like, we're going to go work, we don't end up working. <laughs> no, dude. And it's, 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 it's great. Cause we're like, oh, okay. Ready to lock in for the next 12 days, guys. And none of us open our computers. And oh, dude. 
but that's the point that's like you like that reset is like so necessary to like come back to it and then like want to build right so having I think it's really important because a lot of us and like my friends, we spend like when we're alone, we literally just work nonsense. Right. Yeah. We don't have an off switch, right? Anytime, like me and my me and my friends were talking the other day. It's like we went to a restaurant and like all we could all we could think about at the restaurant was like, how could this restaurant be making more money? Because it was empty. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's like your brain doesn't have an off switch. So it's like when you go on these trips, there are in a sense off switches because you're around people that are also making a lot of money and and like because you guys all think alike. It's great to just have fun together. So yeah, it's great. Well, listen, man, I don't have any more questions unless Tim, do you have any anything else for the pod here? No, I mean, I we, I could I could chat for hours, but this has yeah. been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Reed. Yeah, dude, thanks so much for uh, for chatting. No problem. Appreciate cool. it.